Real Golf Radio. It's a reround now on the tee. Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. Brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen. Protecting the rights of you and your loved ones. It's a reround on Real Golf Radio. Hi, welcome to the Mountain Land Supply Hour of Real Golf Radio. Mountain Land Supply is your turf specialist with rainbird sprinklers, controllers, drip irrigation, and everything you need to irrigate your lawn like the pros. Go to mountainlandsupply.com. And I won't say that I haven't been giving you that information because I know we have a warm weekend right now. We've got an even hotter week coming up. We're supposed to touch 80s. And if your lawn is not functioning, your sprinkler system not functioning properly, you're going to start to see those uh, yellow and dead spots already. Uh, start to take place here in the early spring. So get out to Mountain Land Supply. I actually had Jeff come out and visit with me this week. We put a plan together. We're going to replace some heads. We're going to make my uh, sprinkler system run officially. Come to find out, Bob, I actually have the guts are good. We just good. need to actually make make it work. And and most of that is is some head replacement. We're going to actually uh, change location on a couple of heads to mm-hmm. be able to be more efficient and get better coverage. And I'm excited about it. It's something that I've awesome. neglected for too long and I'm excited to get out there and actually get it done so that when I set my sprinklers, I can just let them go. I don't have to deal with all that. The, the dead spots that aren't getting good coverage. Set it, set it and forget it. Exactly. That's it. And they also uh, gave me the, uh, the price on a little uh, controller that I can use on my phone, a little Wi-Fi Ooh, controller. So if I, like I happen that. to be out of town and I think, oh, man, it's really hot there and I'm not there, I can crank it up a little bit or something. It's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah it's cool. So check cool. it out. Mountainlandsupply.com. We had a fun first couple of hours. Look, we, obviously, there's no tour of golf being played, and so we have to talk about other things. But I think our, our topics of conversation have been actually really good. And I, I, loved, our, I loved Ian Carter's perspective uh, from uh, over in London. And uh, he's a golf correspondent for the BBC talking about the Ryder Cup. And he made a pretty impassioned plea to say, yes, of course, no fans at a Ryder Cup would not be the same. But think of all the fans in their living rooms, the millions of people watching around the world that would love to tune in and still see a Ryder Cup. And they would the cheers might not be heard at Whistling Straits, but they would be heard in living rooms around the world. I thought that was a really good perspective. Maybe this is an opportunity for the players to think about the tours and to think about those of us stuck at home, not able to, to be at events that we want to be at and find some sort of relief or distraction. But ultimately, like you said at the end of Hour 2, by September, I'm hoping that we're back to watching live sports. Oh, yeah. And, and I think, well, live sports, live golf, whatever. Hopefully, we're we're back by that point in time. And hopefully, within the next month or so, we're, you know, everybody's up and going again. So, uh, I, think, I think it's all going to work out. I think it's all going to be great. And I think we'll probably see a Ryder Cup this year after the week after the U.S. Open. In full regalia with everybody. Oh, I love it. I'd love to be there myself. Troy Merritt joined us. We had to give him a little love again for beating Mike Conley in a game of horse a few years ago. And, of course, Mike Conley dusting everybody else in the NBA in a game of horse that we saw over the last yeah. couple of weeks. So had some fun with that. Um, Jeff Rude also shared some tremendous stories. He's such a good storyteller, great golf writer, talking about the dance, which has kind of captured us all. What a great documentary series about the Bulls 97-98. Even though it hurts that that eight, sixth championship was held in 98 here in our home court in Utah. But 
nonetheless, uh, we were part of that history. That team was really, really good. Should have won. Could have, should have, would have, whatever. Uh, it still is. It was interesting. And at that Jeff Roots insight and perspective covering the Bulls back in the day for the Chicago Sun-Times was really insightful. And, of course, longtime golf writer. You'll hear from him. Dave Stockton also gave us... <laughs> An awesome putting lesson. You're going to hear that. Can't miss that. That's my. That's been one of my favorite interviews we've done for a long time, Bob. Yeah, it was. Hey, he's a great putter. He's a great um, instructor, and the best players in the world go to him to to help him, them with their putting. And everything that he gave us was an inside look at what he teaches the best players. Yeah, gold. I mean, it's gold, Jerry. Yep. I'm telling you, it's gold. Um, I am going to be picturing the hole as a clock from now on. I really think that the, the, the perspective and the focus that gives, I think, is, is tremendous. Caddy also stopped by, so we'll try to get to as much as we can. But uh, what, of that, that, uh, what of those interviews that we don't get to? What am I trying to say here? Of those interviews, the ones that we are not able to play here on the third hour, that would be a better way to say it, mm-hmm. you can find it on our Twitter page, at Real Golf, which is a, a great spot to be. And give us a follow there as well. And we appreciate our sponsors, uh, Zion's Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business hoops vision who is happy to be back up and doing surgeries again so if you've been waiting and putting it off now is a great time to give our friends at hoops vision a call and again remember you book your free consultation mention real golf radio you'll save a thousand dollars so get out there siegfried and jensen 801-222-2222 and you went to golf we're hoping they're going to be opening and and servicing clients as well if you need new grips what have you want to check out the latest gear uh you went to golf they've got the 90 day 100 satisfaction guarantee and then by Barbecue Pit Stop, which has been entertaining us in our backyards, Bob, uh, mm-hmm. while, we, while we've been on quarantine. We've been able to mix up some mean barbecue, thanks to our friends at Barbecue Pit Stop. So let's get going. Let's get right after it, and, and uh, we begin with our conversation. I think we should go right with Ian Carter, but I think Ian gave us some pretty good perspective on what's happening across the pond, what's happening in perspective potentially with the European Tour, and how important the Ryder Cup is at being played in a really impassioned take. So here's our conversation with uh, B. BBC golf correspondent Ian Carter. Brian, good to good to hear from you and Bob. Um, it's, it's it's such a shame that we're we're not sharing each other's company at uh, at tournaments somewhere around the world at the moment. But uh, that's just the way of the world, isn't it? Unfortunately, it is. Uh, sad sad as it may be. And I guess first question is, how are you and your family? How's the situation where you are right now? Yeah, we're all good. Um, we're we we live sort of fairly close to London and. Um, you know, we've got a, a, a fairly stringent lockdown going on in the UK at the moment. So there's there's no golf, there's no sport going on. Uh, we can go out for, you know, an hour's exercise a, a day or to, to go to the shops. But otherwise, we have to stay in our homes. Um, fortunately, I, I have a, a garden, a backyard, as you guys might call it. So uh, it's nothing grand, but it's, it's big enough to practice my chipping. So um, <laughs> I'm not... But, but I'm not getting any better. But there we are. But, <laughs> you, you, you need to cut it down to do. so you can make it a putting green. <laughs> I, I'm very proud of my lawn, but it's it's not quite that good. <laughs> <laughs> Hey Ian, uh, I, I guess. Well, first of all, that's good news to hear that you're well. Uh, what are you? What are your thoughts on what you're hearing? Obviously, Augusta National uh, postponed the Masters, and now it's looking to be played in November. I assume if it does, in fact, go off in November, we'll see you there. Uh, well, I would hope so. Yeah, I mean, I think an awful lot is going to depend on what the global travel situation is. Um, whether or not, um, you know, employers like the BBC and, and other broadcasters and media organizations 
are happy for their employees to, to travel under sort of health and safety conditions. You know, all of that is, is going to come into play. Uh, and we wait to see, you know, whether these events are going to have spectators, whether it's going to be possible for them to take place. Clearly, there is a, a massive imperative to get going again with, with all kinds of sport, and golf is right at the forefront. And I do get the impression that there is a feeling that a sport such as golf, maybe tennis as well, individual sports, perhaps have more chance of, of getting underway in the current climate uh, than, than team sports and, 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 and those kind of pursuits. You know, Ian, the PGA Tour on our side of the pond is looking for a restart mid-June, which is, you mm. know, six weeks away, that kind of thing. What have you heard or what have what has um, transpired with the European Tour and what their thinking is and, and how their, their schedule will apply going forward? Well, Bob, they're, they're, the, the problem is that they uh, don't have the benefit of having kind of a, a universal territory to, to work with. And the European Tour are at the mercy of, of governments and health departments of, of countries all over Europe and the world. Um, because, of course, the European Tour isn't just based in, in the continent of, of Europe. So it is very, very difficult for them. Uh, there, are, there are a lot of issues at play for the European Tour. Um, as, the, as the calendar stands at the moment, there is nothing showing until the last week of July and the British Masters, which was supposed to be a, a, a relatively small event up against the Olympics, of course. Now, the Olympics aren't, aren't happening. I think looking at the, the situation here in the UK, it would be very optimistic to think that that tournament can get underway. Um, I know that Keith Pelly has written to players and members of the tour to say that maybe September is a more realistic start date for the European tour. But then the other factors that, that come into play, obviously you've got the PGA Championship in uh, August, slated for August now, the US Open in September, and that is hard against two things. One, the PGA Championship, uh, our PGA Championship at Wentworth, which is always a, a big event now. Can, can that go on the week before a major? And, of course, you've got the Ryder Cup potentially the week after uh, the U.S. Open. So suddenly September becomes very crowded. And the other issue for the European Tour is that the race to Dubai, their you know, equivalent of the FedEx Cup playoffs, comes usually to a big climax in November. Huge events, big money tournaments on the Rolex Series culminating in Dubai and slap bang in the middle of all of that now, you have the Masters. So a tremendous number of headaches for, for the management of the European Tour right now. Ian Carter, golf correspondent with the BBC, joining us here on Real Golf Radio. You brought up the Ryder Cup. And by the way, that is everything is is uh, fluid right now, right? I mean, this is very much a fluid mm. situation. We don't know uh, as far as uh, when these events and how the European Tour events and PGA Tour events, yada, yada. I... I I, I completely, that's a good perspective. Thanks for sharing. As far as the Ryder Cup goes, let's just assume that it may go off as as it currently is scheduled. The big discussion right now is, is a Ryder Cup a Ryder Cup if there aren't any fans? What do you think? I think if Europe play against America and the trophy gets presented at the end of it, it's the Ryder Cup. Um, in the same way as the, the Charles Schwab, uh, events at Colonial will be that, even though fans aren't there. Of course, 
you want the fans there. I, I can still, you know, feel the vibrations through my body of being on that eighth green at, at, at uh, Hazeltine when Patrick Reed holds his long-range putt to half. Rory McIlroy after he told a monster putt and the noise and the atmosphere was one of the greatest I've, I've ever experienced at any sporting event I've ever been at. But, you know, we're in different times right now. And if, if, if it can be played without crowds, well, maybe it has to be because certainly the financial optics are very, very uh, important. Certainly for the European tour, I would imagine also for the PGA of America, for the television broadcasters as well, they wouldn't want to stage it without fans unless they absolutely had to. And if they have to, then I think the players have to embrace it. And the thing is that, you know, whoever holds the winning putt of a Ryder Cup without crowds there, that putt will still be cheered. It'll be cheered in living rooms all around the world. It, it's just that those cheers won't be heard by the players. And I'd like to hear the players say, listen, we'll do what it takes for the good of the game, for the good of the tours, for the good of the Ryder Cup, um, you know, regardless of whether crowds are going to be there. And I think it's slightly disappointing that we haven't heard that from the players. Instead, we've heard, well, it wouldn't be a real Ryder Cup right. without right. the crowd. And, you know, I just think, well, hang on a minute. You know, there, there are a lot of things at play here. And those players get an awful lot and always have done out of the Ryder Cup the to and fro with the crowds and so on and so forth. Um, but if that's not there, it's not there. And it's just the same for the soccer players or the NFL players or whoever it might be if they have to play without crowds as well. You know, we're in extraordinary times and things are not going to be as good as, as you would want them to be. And we've got to get on with it and accept that, I think. You know, the interesting thing now about that is if we do go on and play the Ryder Cup in September right after the U.S. Open, how are the teams picked? How are yeah. um, how how is uh, Captain Harrington and Captain Stricker going to be to fill out their teams with the guys that are going to be playing? Well, again, they've got it. They've got to come up with whatever they they see as being the best way of doing it. And we know whatever they decide is not going to be as good as having the qualifying processes that were were laid out initially. We you know we but we have to accept that we you know in the same way as. We know that we can't get on a train nowadays or on a bus or whatever it, it might be. You know, these are different times. And, you know, if that means that the, the, the captains have 12 picks each, well, let's go with that. Because I do think that, you know, there is a responsibility on professional sport to provide the entertainment for the fans. Um, without the fans watching on television, then actually it's, it's never going to be a professional sport, is it? And these guys have made fantastic livings out of it. You know, I, I, just the more I think about it, the more um, that the, the more you know that I, I consider it. The more I think that if the organisers and the tours feel it have to have to be played, the players have to come on board with it. I, you know, and you have to you have to take the compromises and the the, the issues that go with it and and accept them. And look at it as a way to provide the relief or the distraction or what, however you want to describe it to the fans who would have paid to be there and will continue to pay to be there after this is passed. So I, I think that's yeah, an interesting and, and, perspective. And, and, yeah, and, and the guy and the guys who are paying their, their subscriptions for their for their cable feeds and um, you know to, to to actually watch to watch it. You know, there 
that, that's millions of people all around the world who are, who are going to enjoy it. And it's not going to be the same spectacle. We know that. It'll be a different spectacle if, if it happens. But my concern is that is, is, is not just that, obviously, um, you've got the, the financial factor, but think about the knock-on effect. If, if the Ryder Cup doesn't happen this year, then it, it rolls over into 2021. What happens to the President's Cup? We know the Olympics is already going into 2021 as well. Um, cluttered calendars are very, very difficult for, for golf to resolve. Personally, I'd love to see the Ryder Cup go back to, to odd years. I love the fact that in the, in the past it was in those odd years and it wasn't you know, potentially overshadowed by soccer World Cups or the Olympic Games. It could actually be the very biggest sporting event of, of that given year. But things have changed since then, obviously. And, you know, the, the President's Cup is important to the PGA Tour. Are they going to say, oh, yeah, no, that's fine. We'll, we'll delay for, a, for, another, for another year. I mean, it, it is quite conceivable that everybody turns around and says, yes, it is better to, to delay a year. And I'd be, very, I'd be perfectly happy with that. But what I'm aware of is that that could then mean it's a five-year cycle rather than a four-year cycle mm. before the European Tour gets to stage a home match. And we know that that is their biggest earner. Now, will the European Tour finances be able to stretch that extra year without the cash injection that comes with, with a home Ryder Cup? And I suspect that that is a very, very big question right now, especially with you know what's going on with all these tournaments being off and so on and so forth. So all I'm saying is that the players should be turning around and saying, listen, we will do what is best for our tours and, and, and working from that point of view rather than saying, well, actually, it's, it's not really going to be a Ryder Cup, so let's not have it if the fans aren't there. Very good take, Ian. Thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Great perspective, and it's always good to hear your voice. Well, it's always great to come on with you guys. I've, you know, I feel like I've got something off my chest there. <laughs> <laughs> and well done, too. Well done. So uh, stay stay healthy and uh, hopeful, hopeful for a quick relief. Yeah, absolutely. You two guys, let's hope we see each other on a golf course soon. All right, thanks so much. Ian Carter right there with a really good insight, really good perspective, and it's brought to you in part by Zions Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. When we come back, our conversation with Dave Stockton. You don't want to miss it. If you want to get better at your putting, this is one you want to tune in. Dave Stockton joins us next right here on Real Golf Radio. Hi, this is Ned Siegfried. Siegfried and Jensen can help you if you've been injured in an accident. However, one thing we can't do is change the amount of your insurance coverage. You need to do that before an accident. By calling your insurance agent today, you can significantly raise your insurance limits for literally pennies a day. You'll be shocked to find out how little it costs to really protect yourself and your family. To learn more about this and other important elements of an accident, visit us at SiegfriedandJensen.com. This is Bob Casper for Barbecue Pit Stop. I'm a Traeger guy, and I got their Timberline 1300 from Barbecue Pit Stop. It comes with a Wi-Fi app where you can see and adjust your cooking temps while sitting on your couch or if you're out and about. My Timberline has 1,300 square inches of cooking space and the ability to cook up to 12 chickens, 15 racks of ribs, or 12 pork butts. I love my Traeger grill, and you can pick up yours today from Barbecue Pit Stop with locations in Lehigh, Salt Lake, Layton, or at barbecuepitstop.com. 
Introducing the Amazing Rewards for Business 321 program. With the Amazing Rewards for Business Visa credit card from Zions Bank, you earn three points for select business purchases, two points for travel, and one point for all other purchases. Learn more about the Amazing Rewards 321 program at ZionsBank.com or your local Zions Bank. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Subject to credit approval, terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. Zions Bank, a division of ZBNA member FDIC. This is Brian Taylor. There are things in your life that stand out as significant, game changers even. They impact everything else you do. I'm not overstating when I say my choice to have LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision was one of those. Growing up, I had good vision. I never wanted glasses. One day in college, I realized I couldn't see the whiteboard. Finally, I broke down. I got glasses and contacts, and I was introduced to the world of irritated and dry eyes, contact solution, broken glasses, you name it. Finally, I had LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision. This was a game changer. No more contacts, no more solution, no more glasses. Instantly, I could see. It was so easy, and it worked. My only regret was waiting so long. Hoops Vision is world-renowned, and with the latest technology, they give you more options than ever. Do yourself a favor. Go to HoopsVision.com right now and schedule your free consultation. And mention Real Golf Radio and save $1,000 off your LASIK procedure. Hoops Vision is your key to making sure nothing gets between you and your life focus it's one of those moments you'll always remember for a long time cancer was one step ahead now the prostate cancer foundation's research is delivering new treatments to patients all the time i've had prostate cancer my dad had it which means now i'm at a greater risk join us as we finally take the lead over cancer put this game behind us once and for all I beat it, and so can you. To get ahead of the game, go to PCF.org to learn more. Ever wonder how the Salt Lake Bees baseball field looks so good? The award-winning Bees grounds crew turned to Mountainland Supply for their turf irrigation needs. Mountainland Supply is the exclusive Rainbird golf distributor in Utah. What does that mean for you? Well, when you need irrigation products for your lawn that you can trust, Mountainland Supply will not only have what you need, but can assist you in designing your sprinkler system with smartphone technology controllers, drip irrigation, pipe, parts, and tools. Go to mountainlandsupply.com to find the location nearest you. Golfers, our tee times, fairways, and greens are on the horizon. Until then, your friends at Uinta Golf encourage you to stay safe, practice social distancing, and wash your hands. Our plan is to reopen based off state and federal guidelines. During the interruption, our online store remains open at WorldwideGolfShops.com. Thank you for your patience and understanding, and most of all, for being a part of our amazing golf community. Stay healthy, stay safe, and we look forward to serving you soon. It's a reround on Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. All right, welcome back to the Mountainland Supply Hour of Real Golf Radio, your official Rainbird supplier, uh, turf irrigation. All you need to do is get out to Mountainland Supply and have them. By the way, during this time, they will deliver anywhere in Utah. So you can go online, you can text pictures, you can talk on the phone, you can go through everything you need, just like I did with Jeff, and then they will deliver that right to your door so you can work on it in your backyard. Go to mountainlandsupply.com for a location near you. As mentioned, we had an opportunity to catch up with Dave Stockton. This is some good stuff. Hope you enjoy it. About 20 minutes of putting genius with Dave Stockton. Dave, how are you? Well, my, my schedule is really full with this quarantine or whatever you can call we've had in California here. I, after listening to you guys say that, you've been out and able to hit balls. I mean, I haven't even hit a ball. I mean, 
Ronnie, Ronnie, you could you could try to give a lesson, and they'll they'll arrest you. They'll do you know it. We uh, it's just a strange time. And Riverside, our neighboring county, they just opened up had a picture of a couple of foursome actually playing a playing in the uh, in Riverside, which is like ten miles away. But in San Bernardino County, we can't touch anything. So it's 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 been really strange, guys. Uh, I. You know, I pruned everything within 400 yards of my house, transplanted flowers, <laughs> done all this. And mentioned to you that I've been working here at Redlands Country Club where we give a lot of our lessons. Uh, McKinsey course in 1896, actually the second oldest course in California. And uh, I've really enjoyed it. We got a new superintendent and general manager, and the superintendent, he's a magician with a mower. We completely changed the mowing patterns, and I can really see this McKinsey course coming out of a the golf course that I bet you in 30, 40 years hadn't been mowed the right way because we, you know, change, the holes just look completely different and it's going to be, it's going to, it's going to be well received when hopefully we open on Saturday to, to limited play to just be walking and stuff and one of a cart. And I'll tell you in California, Goofy, I thought they had a pretty good plan. They had, it, I'd never heard of this before, but they left the cup. They did come all above the ground. Ball hit the plastic counted as going in the hole and you, cause nobody would grab touch the pin. There'd be no pulling the ball out of the hole and right. one person to a card. I thought it was, I thought it was really great. And I, I liked the idea because I, I thought the people cutting and chipping would improve when they realized, okay, they could see it clearly. It's sticking up out of the ground. Uh, I, I thought, I thought it was a really good thing, but that flew for about five, six days until they shut it down a month and a half ago. Yeah, it's unfortunate that they did that, and I've been following along some of the the discussions and things around San Diego County and some of the other areas uh, in California. And you know, so I, I sorry to rub it in that we're still playing some golf, but I, I, let me ask you about that question. You just because I I wondered if the raised cup we've actually done here at our club, they've actually put the uh, the pool noodle you know in the bottom. And so the ball falls in about uh, an, maybe an inch. So the ball's still essentially sticking out, uh, but at least you know it fell in. And um, but but what is it about that when you say to improve your chipping and putting if you can see it? To me, my, I guess my first thought is is I would completely ignore speed and just ram it into the cup. But maybe there's something to that. Well, I, you, I, but I mentioned chipping as well. I mean, you still have to get it close enough to to you know what I'm looking at is you'll start to see a better path to the to the cup i mean i know you're going to hit it and you could try to take the break out of it which is you well know both both um billy casper as well as myself we we always had great touch and feel so you're not ramming anything but I, i'm saying once you're outside of 15 foot i mean you're gonna you're gonna have to you know all you want to do is touch that cup but you sure as heck don't want to ram it way by and, and you'll feel an idiot if you miss it from four or five feet so the same premise is there I, I just think it gives a better visual. And, of course, it boils down when you're working on people with their putting and trying to get them to improve. Their error is going to be, I'm going to say 90% is going to be in their routine because they truly, I don't care if they use the line on the ball, they truly didn't see the actual line that ball's going to have to take. They'll never play enough break, and they'll always miss it on the low side. And I just thought this was a, it would be a different look for people. All of a sudden, I would think their, their touch and feel would get better. Mm. You know, obviously they don't want to leave it short, but it, you know, it, it was a chance to improve the part of your game that most people realize they're going to physically try to put better instead of my mind, they need to picture it and do a better metal job of it. And, and becoming a better putter will, will happen because of that, not because of 
of your going through step one through six mechanically trying to improve your putting stroke. You know, you said you mentioned uh, you and you and my my dad being more of a, a field type of player. My dad always felt that if he wanted to, if he was struggling with his putting, he went to chipping, and he worked on his chipping to get the field, to get the roll, to to be able to visualize as you talked about that kind of thing, and then um, the putting in turn um, flowed with it. Well, Bobby, I mean that that's completely correct. I mean that. That's why when when the pros that came, uh, whether it was McElroy or Mickelson, they most of them thought they were the world's shippers. But in reality, that's where most people a lot of their problems lie. And what I what I feel is that in chipping, the ball just stays on the ground and putting. But in chipping, it makes a difference how high you hit it because if you hit it higher than you mean to, it's going to stop too quick. And if you hit it too low, it's going to run too far. So it's a matter of getting yourself to do it the correct you know, the correct feel. And your, and your dad was completely correct. I agree with him 100%. So when you talk about Dave Stockton joining us here on Real Golf Radio, when you talk about visualizing, one, and let me just, I, I like to paint my own self in here. Bob accuses me of a, being all about me. But uh, I think if I'm struggling, then maybe some other people are. If I'm trying to read a break, and, and I can't tell if it's going to slightly break or if it's mostly straight, or if I'm confused, some of the things, sometimes I often forget that the hole is, you know, what is it? Four inches, you know, wide. And mm-hmm. so if I'm playing it outside the hole thinking it's going to break two inches and it only breaks an inch, I've missed it. So if you're thinking it's an inch or two break, you're in the hole the whole time, but what's a way to visualize that? How do you go through that in your mind? Um, when, when you are unsure if, if it's actually going to break or if it's a straight putt? Well, I'll, I'll put your mind at ease. There's no such thing as a straight putt. All right. I mean, I just, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I want to see a break. I want to play the break. And I'm looking at a putt from six feet or 20 feet. I want to know if it's coming in at, as a clock. If I'm looking at it straight, it would be six o'clock. Okay. It's going to break a little left. It'd be five o'clock. Okay. It's going to break a lot. It's going to come in about three o'clock, which means it's probably 10, 12 inches outside the hole from 20 feet. I mean, I'm, I'm way out there. I've got to see that ball fall in. In reality, what you just mentioned, people don't realize if I miss it, if I think it breaks two inches and I miss it just on the high side, I miss that putt by a quarter of an inch. But the problem is the guy that thinks it breaks two inches and he misses it a quarter of an inch low, he just missed that putt by five inches. Right. Yep. And people don't take that into consideration. That's what I'm saying. On a face of a clock, I'm looking, is it falling in at eight o'clock? Is it? I mean, I'm seeing this ball fall in that hole. And that's my last look as I'm looking at, let's say it breaks right to left, and I'm coming in about 4 o'clock, pretty good break, probably 3 inches outside from 9 feet or 10 feet. And I'm seeing it come in, and I'm picturing that spot, to, and I'm coming back to my ball to start my stroke. My last thought is it's coming in there, let's say, at 4 o'clock. That's mm. where it's going to fall in. And I can I can look at that spot and not rotate my head back kind of like Spieth did. I'm looking at the hole, go on ahead and put it. It'll roll right yeah. over where I'm, my eyes are looking because, Backing up one step, I put my putter, you know, ahead of the ball. Most people put it behind it, but you put the putter down. My feet aren't set yet, and I'm looking at that 4 o'clock where it falls in. I set my feet. I'm automatically aiming to the right versus the person that comes up and takes, you know, three practice strokes, and he's using the line, or he or she is using the line of the ball to line up his putter head. And so where are they looking? They're looking down at the ground. They're looking at their feet. So now they set their feet, get their feet set, 
Now they take one quick look out to the hole probably, come back and let it go. And they probably miss it three inches low because they set it up like a railroad track and they're not, they're not visualizing this curve. They're yeah. not visualizing what they have to do. You know, I mean, one great way to putt is put a key in the ground and putt to it. it and, and if it's breaking right to left, you always want to be on the right side of that tee because you always have a chance. You're one bounce away or whatever from that ball going in the hole. But if it starts out and it starts left, you're history because it ain't coming back. And the other side, and that's for right-handed players, the right to left putt is easier. The harder one for us is the one that breaks left to right. And the reason it is harder is that somebody that sets up mechanically and addresses the ball and gets ready to go, the question to ask them is where's their weight? Now, this is totally not having anything to do with their stroke. But on a left to right putt, the normal person doesn't put enough weight on their front foot anyway. They're going to they're gonna automatically have their weight neutral or at best maybe a little back, and they'll stop and come out of it, which opens the club face, and the ball goes straight right. On a putt breaking left or right, you got no chance. Mm. So that's why on a putt that breaks to the right, when I set up and I'm looking, it's going to come in at 8 o'clock. It's going to be a pretty good break, whether it's, you know, 3 feet or 15 feet. I'm looking where that ball's going to fall in. I'm looking at it. I set my feet accordingly. I will put on, on a left or right putt, I'm going to be 60-40 my weight on my left foot. On any other putt, a straight putt or an easier putt from right to left, I'll be 55-45. But because the putt breaks to the right and because I don't want to come out of it, my weight is going to be more on the left. And it helps you get through. And it doesn't, I'm only talking an inch or two, but it helps yeah. you get through instead of leaning back, coming out of it, and that sucker's gone right and you got no chance. Brian Taylor, Bob Casper, continue our conversation with the Hall of Famer and one of the great putters and teachers in all of golf, Dave Stockton. And I've never heard the clock thing. I, I love that. I can see it in my mind now, and I'm, I'm, I can't wait to go practice it. I love that. When, when, we're, when we're giving a lesson, I'll put a tee, I'll put a tee at 4 o'clock. Because I always let first, first lesson, you have, let somebody have a right-to-left putt, because that'll be the easier putt. And you let them, you let them go on ahead and, and and putt toward that tee. And just tell them your whole job is to hit that tee. Well, it's like they never thought about that in their entire life because they're looking like they're shooting a 22 or a bow and arrow at this thing, which is 6 o'clock, which is they'll miss it low every time. So interesting. And or if you're shooting free throw, or if you're shooting a basketball, which is what I grew up doing, you I always looked at the front of the rim. So uh, sure. kind of interesting. Sure. So you can go through. Yeah. The other thing is, is you're, if you're throwing a dart, you want to be looking at the bullseye. That's your target. Just like that hole is my target. And yet if you do it like you putt, you'll be looking at your right hand. If you're right-handed and you'll be watching your hand to make sure your hand does it right. And you ignore, you ignore your target and you won't be very good at darts either. Yeah. Interesting. I love it. I love it. Dave Stockton okay. joining us here on real golf radio. There you go. See Bob, you, 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 I put myself in there. We just got a lesson from one of the best putters ever to play this game. Yeah. Good tips. Great stuff. I, I'm going to draw that mental clock around the hole and start looking at it that way. That makes a ton of sense. So you're not necessarily picking a spot arbitrarily somewhere between there and the hole. You're looking at where the, where it's going in, which is your ultimate goal is to have it go in. Well, in that spot. But, that, but no, that gets back to the other thing. I mean, how far out from on a, on a, on an eight foot putt, do you think I pick a spot to roll the ball over? You I don't should know, know this because we've talked about it before, but I, I pick a spot one inch in front of the ball. 
I would have said a foot, so I, I failed. <laughs> no, because you, because then you're going to move to see if you rolled over the spot. Yeah. In my deal, my dad, when he taught me, wanted me to give him one inch of nothing happening to the blade of that putter or the putter head when it touched the ball. It's got to go completely through. It's just going through. It's not coming up. God forbid us it's stopping because I don't want to hit it. I want to roll this thing. Yeah. So when I, when I would look, when I would pick, let's say it's breaking left to right, and I'm, I pick 8 o'clock, so it's going to break. So I put the putter down. I look at the hole. Now, I put the putter ahead, which I don't teach anybody to do. But put the putter ahead, and I only do that because I want to keep the putter in motion like you would a cue stick. So it goes down. I look at the hole. I set my feet for the break that's going to come in at 8 o'clock. I bring the putter over it. I come back the last time, and I pick a spot in one inch in front of the ball. And I am really good from an inch. I've never missed one from an inch. And I come back from that eight o'clock look at the at, at my target. I come back one inch in front of the ball, an imaginary spot. You can pound a tee in the ground, and you roll it over that tee. You won't believe how how often you'll make it. And if you have it, if you're less than four feet, you come back to that spot and you just roll it over it and listen to hear if the ball went in the hole, because you're missed left or right. Obviously, it's because you come up and stop. So as soon as you come up, it opens the face. Well, if you don't do that and you just roll, go through the ball and roll it one inch over your new spot, bam, you got it. So that's why it's simple. I'm not, look, I'm not worried about the whole, oh my God. And they'll say to you, why, how could you, you missed your line. I missed my line. I can't see my line. I'm going, I don't ever see my line anyway. I picture, I set my feet up looking where I'm now set to go into the hole, either right or left, whatever. But I come back to that one inch and I roll at that one spot and I do it under 12 feet religiously and you just don't move. I mean, everybody misses their putts because they move and they, they start because their weight's back too far. I mean, there's certain things. It's got, have I talked about the stroke? No, because I don't care if you take it outside, inside. I don't care what you do with it. But I want you to roll the ball. I don't want you to stop. I don't want you to hit the ball. You know, and people just get, they, <laughs> It's not as hard as they think if they'd related to other sports, but you know, and putting should be the easiest thing. Golf course travel ten inches or so, not going very far. It's just, it's just we get ourselves worked up to and make this a whole heck of a lot harder than it really is. I love that. Hey, Dave, before we let you go, the question of the week this week is: Is the Ryder Cup the Ryder Cup without any fans? Wow. Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, at Keough, I think one of the things in 91 was the camaraderie that went across between. I mean, they were in the, the tent, the big the big corporate tent. With, they were singing songs back and forth. And we lose the song singing or the first tea celebration every time because these guys got ditties. and It's unbelievable what they do. But I, I, I just don't think so. But I'm, I'm, I was glad to see. I hear they're, they're opening up Wisconsin now so they can start playing. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't think it would be the same. And I don't. I, I. I feel bad for Steve Stricker. I'm looking forward to. This was an interesting year. I. I. You know, we got our hat handed to us in France, uh, and that leads to other questions, obviously, because we played a golf course that they've played. But I thought it was a new course that they'd played the, the French Open there for 30 years, mm-hmm. and we keep coming back to these courses that Europeans know as good as we do. They know Whistling Straits just as good as we do. But uh, I feel bad for the Strickers because I, I think he was going to do an unbelievable job as captain. He's one, He's the only one I know of that's never won a major championship, but because of his relationship with the players and what he's meant to the game, he was picked to be the captain this year in his home state. 
And uh, I have my fingers crossed for him. I really do. I just, I, I, I don't see how they can pull this off, but uh, I hope they do for the sake of, of being a part of it. I know what it means to the players. I know what it means to the fans. And if the fans aren't there, I don't think it's anywhere near the same. To, to that point, should Steve be able to just pick his team then if they don't have uh, enough events to qualify, or do you just go off of a shortened qualification? Yeah, I, I think it's almost he's almost has to pick the team. Mm. I, I don't I don't see how you can. I mean, you, you could take the top four off the off the the present list to the best four because it's been so long since they played. Who knows play, yeah. who's playing good or bad? I mean, how do you how do you do that? You can't. You can't count on any any record of where they stand. Uh, they very well may take the top four off the world ranking and then take the top four off the the ranking that they had. But they've got you know at least they have the advantage of unlike me, Akia. Well, with only two picks, he's got at least four picks. So I mean, you can come out with a team, but the European captain's going to have the same same problem. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's been so long since any of them showed up. We don't know what you don't know what to expect. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it's going to be interesting. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully this is all a little bit clearer here in a few weeks and uh, in a couple of months, and we'll be able to go forward with an event that we love, certainly. Yeah. Hey, Dave, thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it, and uh, it's very nice of you and good to visit with you, and hopefully golf course is looking good and fun to play on Saturday when you, if you guys can get out there. Yeah, I hope so too, Brian and Bob. It's uh, great to talk to you guys. Uh, my quarantine schedule has been really filled up, obviously. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you're the first people I've heard that talk. So this is going to be good. I, I talked to Molinari, and he, he's stuck in London, and he can hit balls into a net and put on the carpet, and that's it. You know, yeah. he's one of the top pros in the world. So, I mean, what do you – I mean, it's just it's, – it's mind-boggling. But I'm glad you guys are happy up there. And I'm I'm glad that – I'm glad Utah has come through this thing as – as good as they have. Yeah. And uh, say hello to everybody up there and wish everybody the best. Yeah, thanks, Dave. You too. You're the best. Appreciate it. Take care. Okay, guys. All right, thanks to Dave Stockton for joining us. What good I, – I just – I love the visuals there. I love Dave Stockton. Such a great guy. The Hall of Famer is amazing, and uh, we appreciate him taking a few minutes. And uh, we appreciate Siegfried and Jensen for their sponsorship, 801-222-2222, Siegfried and Jensen. Stay tuned. When we come back, more Real Golf continues next. Hi, it's Ned Siegfried. Siegfried & Jensen has been around a long time. We've been handling injury cases for over 30 years. During this time, Siegfried & Jensen has had the privilege of helping tens of thousands of Utahns. If you've had the misfortune of being injured in an accident, we'd love to help you as well. To talk to us for free about your situation, call us at 801-222-2222 or visit us at SiegfriedJensen.com. You might know Mountain Land Supply for its plumbing products, but did you know Mountain Land Supply also carries landscaping, irrigation supplies, and tools. They can help you design and calculate the exact feet of pipe, sprinkler heads, and nozzles to use for your yard. Using smartphone technology, you can even control your watering with state-of-the-art controllers. For all your landscaping needs, go to mountainlandsupply.com to find the location nearest you. 
Introducing the Amazing Rewards for Business 321 program. With the Amazing Rewards for Business Visa credit card from Zions Bank, you earn three points for select business purchases, two points for travel, and one point for all other purchases. Learn more about the Amazing Rewards 321 program at ZionsBank.com or your local Zions Bank. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Subject to credit approval, terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. Zions Bank, a division of ZBNA member FDIC. This is Brian Taylor. There are things in your life that stand out as significant, game changers even. They impact everything else you do. I'm not overstating when I say my choice to have LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision was one of those. Growing up, I had good vision. I never wanted glasses. One day in college, I realized I couldn't see the whiteboard. Finally, I broke down. I got glasses and contacts, and I was introduced to the world of irritated and dry eyes, contact solution, broken glasses, you name it. Finally, I had LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision. This was a game changer. No more contacts, no more solution, no more glasses. Instantly, I could see. It was so easy, and it worked. My only regret was waiting so long. Hoops Vision is world-renowned, and with the latest technology, they give you more options than ever. Do yourself a favor. Go to HoopsVision.com right now and schedule your free consultation. And mention Real Golf Radio and save $1,000 off your LASIK procedure. Hoops Vision is your key to making sure nothing gets between you and your life focus. It's one of those moments you'll always remember. Hi, fellow sports fans. It's Ned Siegfried. What would we do without sports? Following our favorite sports teams, whether it be the Jazz or the Utes or the Cougs, takes our mind off the many challenges in life. Accidents and their resulting injuries are certainly unexpected challenges that many people are forced to deal with. If you're one of these people, we'd love to talk to you about your situation. Call us at 801-222-2222. We'll talk to you for free. Or visit us at SiegfriedandJensen.com. Hey guys, BT here, and Bob and I are two happy customers of Barbecue Pit Stop. I'm absolutely in love with my new Yoder YS640S. This is the most versatile smoker grill I've ever used, and its Wi-Fi makes it a cinch. I feel like a barbecue pit master. Hey, whatever you need from grills and smokers to rubs and sauces, Barbecue Pit Stop has it for you in one of their three locations, Lehigh, Salt Lake, or Layton, or online at barbecuepitstop.com. Golfers, our tee times, fairways, and greens are on the horizon. Until then, your friends at Uinta Golf encourage you to stay safe, practice social distancing, and wash your hands. Our plan is to reopen based off state and federal guidelines. During the interruption, our online store remains open at WorldwideGolfShops.com. Thank you for your patience and understanding, and most of all, for being a part of our amazing golf community. Stay healthy, stay safe, and we look forward to serving you soon. It's a reround on Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. All right, welcome back. Real Golf Radio, Brian Taylor, Bob Casper, the Mountain Land Supply Hour of Real Golf Radio, brought to you in part by Uinta Golf, serving Utah golfers since 1971 and home of the 90-day 100% satisfaction guarantee. Well, we had a chance to catch up with Troy Merritt. Of course, uh, we love him. He's former uh, Burley Bobcat and, of course, lives in Boise now, playing on the PGA Tour twice a winner and uh, did a little... uh, little game of horse against Mike Conley and got the better of him. So we had to give him a little love for that. It's been a few years ago, but it was resurrected with Conley winning the horse game in the NBA. Here's our conversation with Troy Merritt. 
Hey guys, I appreciate you having me on. I am uh, currently hand free in the car, so I apologize if my reception isn't the best at times, but uh, good to be back. Yeah, it's good to have you. So you you must have enjoyed that a little bit, seeing that uh, you got to run some smack at Conley after winning the uh, horse, the NBA horse game. <laughs> I uh, I don't really have the uh, the ego to go ahead and just post that out there. Yeah, the tour actually brought that to me and said, "Hey, do you want to uh, to run this?" And I said, "I yeah, sure. I guess we can have some fun with it." But uh, yeah, it, it brought back some fun memories being able to hang out with Mike all day playing golf and then I love that. You're not so bad. I gave you a lesson. I schooled you a little bit. Uh, yeah, you, you taught me how not to do it. That's why you weren't allowed to shoot. <laughs> That's awesome. That's funny. So, I mean, you, you kind of rolled him on that. I've seen I've, that video has been around. What was that? Maybe two or three years ago. But you I, did you miss a shot? I'm not sure you missed a shot. That uh, that video, I believe, was 2000 and either 14 or 15. Oh wow! I think I think it was 15. Uh, he did get two letters on me. You know, that's kind of like the highlight of uh, of the game we had. I missed a couple shots, but I don't know if you could put them on two hands. How many I missed that day? <laughs> <laughs> right in his front yard on his own outdoor hoop. That's even better. Yeah, you know. I- Sitting up about eight, eight and a half feet. He had never shot on it before. He keeps it that low for the neighbor kids. So, you know, there's a lot of people on social media that said, oh, well, it doesn't count. It's only on like an eight foot hoop. Well, that's our course, part of the trick shot. It's just something out of the ordinary. Absolutely. That's different yeah. than a 10 foot hoop. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, so, so, what brought you guys together? How did that all happen? Uh, it was a uh, uh, track kind of getting involved in the tour at the time and they had brought an idea to my agent Peter Webb about maybe uh, playing uh, a golf round with Mike Conley who lived right there on the golf course and then doing like another segment of uh, me playing you know basketball you got the basketball player doing the golf thing and then you got the golf uh, the golfer doing the basketball thing I don't know how they had heard you know that I could uh, shoot the basketball a little bit but that word got out and yeah, Mike thought it was a, a fun idea. I just I don't think that he was expecting the uh, the results uh, from both uh, from both contests. <laughs> well, he thought he was going to beat you on the course too. Uh, I think he was about a two handicap. Uh, I think he plays a lot of golf, and uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, when we play it when courses are set up like uh, in PJ Tour conditions, those one two handicaps quickly become ten to fifteen. And that's for everywhere we play. It wasn't just that day. But, uh, no, he when he hits it, he hits it really well. But, uh, yeah, just, you know, PJ Tour conditions, you know, the, your average amateur golfer isn't used to those setups. So I give him a pass on that. Uh, on the basketball court, off to give him a little bit of pass. He was just uh, coming off uh, that injury the season before, so he was still kind of getting back to it. Uh, and being ambidextrous, you know, shooting with both hands, he could have been able to use that a little bit more to his advantage, but he was just, you know, he was a little rusty, and I got him on a good day. <laughs> I saw Gary Woodland on Faraday not too long ago, and they talked about their their all NBA, their all PGA Tour basketball teams, and I, I didn't see you getting any love on there. They went with all the big guys like Tony Finau, Dustin Johnson, a lot of those guys, you know. But uh, have you had, have you ever uh, have you ever got together with any of the guys on tour? Do you guys ever get together and shoot hoops? 
Uh, I have not been invited. I think you have to be uh, a little better off and better uh, position on the PGA Tour to get those kind of invites. I just kind of I do the bottom feed thing, as, as we all know very well. Um, but, no, I haven't shot around with, really with anybody on the tour. not saying that I would never, you know, want to do it. I had a good talk with uh, Tony, actually, after uh, uh, Gary's comments. We kind of got talking a little bit, and I don't know if I put the bug in his ear or not, but I saw Tony was on Colt Notes and uh, Drew Stoltz's uh, radio show, and he gave me a little love there, and, and Zach Johnson had given me a little love, I think, the week before. So I made a couple teams. I didn't make Gary's team, but, you know, I don't really feel like running up and down the floor right now anyway. <laughs> so what are you doing right now? What are you doing to, to stay sharp? Uh, I'm playing it a few times a week. You know, we still have our course open up here in, uh, in Boise. Uh, we have all the social distancing measures in place, uh, which has been actually really quite nice. So leaving the pin in, uh, preferred lies in the bunkers so you don't have breaks. You don't have to touch anybody. There's no shaking hands. Uh, you know, you just yell at each other, which is fine. We do that anyway. Uh, you get your own cart or you can walk. Um, so it's been quite nice. So I play, you know, two, three times a week with my friends. Um, and it's, it's just been fun. The boys, my boys want to get out and play. So we'll go play the bar three a few times a week when they're done for school and when they don't want to go fishing. So uh, we've just been kind of spending time with family and a little bit of golf sprinkled in here and there. Hey, Troy, do you have a, a – what would you put your money on uh, in this Phil Mickelson-Tiger Woods with Peyton Manning and, and Tom Brady match that's been announced? Uh, I'd put my money on that there will be a lot of people watching it. <laughs> <laughs> Can you buy some stock in that? <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't think I could afford stock in that. <laughs> <laughs> so so – Good. I mean, both. I mean, obviously, both quarterbacks. They can play a bit of golf. I've seen them both at the ATC Pebble Beach Pro. I mean, and they hit a decent ball. So uh, I think they're pretty well matched. And obviously, Tiger Phil is is a pretty good match as well. Um, I think we just see a lot of smack talk. Uh, hopefully, uh, shaking of hands at the end if that's allowed by that time, and uh, just uh, just good TV. Hopefully. Yeah. Wow. Well. So of, of all the guys that you've had a chance to play, we talk about Conley, you talk about seeing the, the quarterbacks play. Who, who have, who's impressed you the most celebrity-wise that you've been around either in pro-ams or just seen that, uh, that can really play the game? Uh, uh, Colt Ford is a, is a pretty good player, a uh, country musician. Uh, he, he, he can hit the ball nicely. He's a grass golfer. Uh, I think one of the most consistent Track players that I played with was Alfonso Ribeiro, uh, Carlton from Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Uh, he was probably the most impressive from a consistent standpoint, where he actually strung together, you know, a good 14, 15, 16 holes, whereas you know, maybe some of the others might have had a few tough holes. Uh, the one guy to hit it, if he connects on it correctly, was Larry Fitzgerald. I got to play with him at Pebble this year, and just a massive guy, very strong. Hit iron almost off every tee. Hit one driver for the week. It was on 13 at Pebble into the wind, and it went like 330. <laughs> so he, he was pretty impressive from a uh, from a, uh, a distance standpoint when he was able to hit driver. Oh, that's awesome. Well, cool stuff, man. I appreciate you taking some time to join us. Enjoy your day out there, and uh, we'll catch up with you again real soon. Nice job on the horse champ, by the way, beating the horse champ. <laughs> Yeah, guys, I appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon.
All right, thanks, Troy. We appreciate it. Always good to hear from you. If you missed uh, any of the other interviews, our conversation with Jeff Rude, America's favorite caddy, or any of the other interviews in their entirety, you can check them out on our Twitter feed, at Real Golf. Give us a follow, listen along, and of course, it's all available on our podcaster sites. And 1280 The Zone app also has all of our shows and interviews um, set for you, and you can listen conveniently on the 1280 The Zone app as well. All right, Bob, that's going to do it for us. Uh, Thanks to all of our sponsors. Again, Mountain Land Supply for sponsoring our number three uh, barbecue pit stop your one-stop shop for all your needs uh, to become a barbecue pit master barbecuepitstop.com you went to golf Siegfried and Jensen hoops vision who by the way is back operating again so schedule your free consultation and mention real golf radio and save a thousand dollars and get that LASIK procedure done that you've been wanting to get done and also thanks to Zion's Bank uh, thanks to Dave Glauser our producer for Bob Casper I'm Brian Taylor we'll see you next week Saturday morning six to nine right here on 1280 the zone Thanks for listening to Brian and Bob on Real Golf Radio. Join us on Twitter at Real Golf or on our website at realgolfradio.com. It's been real. 